I tell you what, I'd rather be here than anywhere else. Because right here is where we need to be. Amen. And thank God for it. We started teaching this morning on uh, something that I believe is important to us during this time that we're in. And that's uh, the fact that God, you know, God will keep us and preserve us and guide us and direct us, protect us from every evil that's out in the world. I believe that. Now, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that some people's not going to suffer persecution. You know, somebody lot will come up and wag their in their ears and stick their tongue out at you. <laughs> but no, there's real persecution in this world. But I want to tell you something. God's still on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. And this morning we talked about the first anchor. There's four anchors that we want to deal with in this teaching that we're doing. And there's the first one was that anchor of hope. That's that confident expectation, believing that God will do what he said he would do. Believing that God is God. And, and I tell you what, it doesn't matter what the devil does, God's still God. God's, God's still in charge of this earth. The earth in all its fullness, but it still belongs to God. Amen. Amen. And so we, we just need to thank God for that. That hasn't changed. It won't change until the Lord comes and it's left to the enemy at that particular time. And then you'll see chaos like you never heard. Well, we won't see it because we won't be here. Amen. But there's going to be chaos and trouble like never before. But what we're seeing is a prelude to what's going to be happening. See, I'm not going to say we won't have persecution because we can very well have persecution. Some of the churches in Africa and some of the churches in Asia and some of the churches over in China. I mean, right now, the churches, the house churches were going so strong in China. Now they're clamping down on it and they're closing them down and they're, they're looking for them and finding them. Persecution is there. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is still Lord. Victory's ours. Thank the Lord. And uh, we want to read a scripture, Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. How many knows hope is that confident expectation that God's going to do it? Faith is. Faith isn't coming, Sister Francis. Faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, all of us have faith. Every one of us have faith. You couldn't be saved if you didn't have faith. you got to believe. In fact, that's where faith comes in. You believe what you heard about the gospel. You, heard what you, you believe what you heard about the cross and what Jesus did for us. We believed that, and we, we reacted to that, and we responded to that, to the, to the Holy Ghost you know, persuading you and pulling on you and convicting you and bringing you to that place of decision. We've all experienced that. But will your anchor of faith hold in the storms of life? That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a time that we're living in. Uh, I can't whitewash it. It's not going to get any better, folks. It's not going to get any better. We might, you know, we, we talk about it. We've preached. We've heard preaching about it for years and years and years and years. And for years, during these great old-time revival meetings and stuff, the gospel was preached with such fervor and conviction. People came running to the altars. Now a lot of those people are not even serving God. A lot of them aren't serving God. During the 9-11 uh, event that happened 20 years ago, churches filled up all over America. All over America, churches were filled up to capacity and really expanding and growing. But then all of a sudden, it didn't take too long, churches started dwindling back down in number again. Because, you see, it didn't stick. See, a lot of times people just want a quick fix. Lord, just get me saved so I can get out of here. I didn't serve you all my life. But now then, Jesus didn't come as quickly as they thought he was. And now then, a lot of them are not serving the Lord. A lot of them are not doing anything that God's called them to do. And I tell you, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, by the way. If God calls you, he still requires it of you. And if God has dealt with somebody about salvation and they've turned their back on the Lord, God still requires it of you. Amen. The truth that God has put in your heart, God still requires it out of us. And it's, it, God doesn't change his mind about anything. Amen. But 
we're, we're living in that time, and our faith will be tested. Our, our Christian walk will be tested. You may, you may even face some persecution. Now, we thought persecution was when they made fun of you at the office or on the job. I remember working in the grocery store when I was growing up as a teenager in Piggly Wiggly. Anybody ever heard of Piggly Wiggly? Uh, that was my first store I worked at. And, and uh, I, I tell you what, I, I, I believed God. I preached to all of them and, and everything. I just started preaching when I was 15. That's when I started working at Piggly Wiggly. And, and, uh, but I'll I, I tell you what, it, it, was, it was quite a, quite a feat. But, you know, even the people then at that time had more respect for God than a lot of a lot of church people have respect for God today. Amen. That's the truth. They, they respected. They respected me as a minister. They respected me in my calling. They respected me. Now, they may, cut, you know, they may say, here, here comes preacher man. But there was a respect behind it. And God used us to minister to all of those men at the, in that grocery store at that time. And uh, one day I really made an impression on them. I tell you what, I was out there, and, and there, there was a car. Someone had, it had jumped out of gear, and it was just going backwards and backwards and backwards. I ran out of that store, old skinny, six-foot-three me, you know. I only weighed about 150 pounds. You know, I was running out there, and I run after that car, and I jumped in the front seat. And, boy, I put on that brake just before it hit another car. And, oh, I tell you what, I, all the other guys were out there saying, Oh, come on, Brother Clarence, come on, Brother Clarence. And then, but you know what? And I got out of that car and, and I walked up. They said, weren't you afraid? I said, no. Why, why should I be afraid? I said, I know how to drive a car. I know how to stop a car. I just jumped in and just put the foot on the brake. They said, yeah, but look in the car. Two big old Doberman pinchers with their old heads <laughs> over the back, over the front seat. And I didn't even know they were there because if I'd known they was there, I would probably made another exit somewhere, you know. But they couldn't get over the fact, you know, I was so brave. Well, it's a good thing I didn't see the dogs. Sometimes God blinds you so you can be a hero. <laughs> Amen. Well, how did I get off on that? But anyway, our faith is tested. Sometimes it's tested. And, uh, and we, 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 we begin to see what God's doing. But we, we started this morning on the four anchors of faith, and that first anchor was that anchor of hope. That's that confident expectation. It's, it's confidence in God. It's, it's hope. It's knowing that God is going to be strong for you. God's going to be there for you. But, you know, when Paul was in the boat with the men, they had the storm came up, and it was just tossing them to and fro, and... and uh, the, and Paul had had an order from the Lord, stay with the boat, stay with the ship, stay with the boat, don't get out. And he, he told the men that. And they started unloading everything they could unload. And then a couple of men said, well, hey, hey, here's a raft here. Here's a raft here, a little raft, a little boat. And so they started lowering it down, think, pretending it was cargo, you know, they're throwing over. They threw the raft over to try to get into it and to get out and get to safety, they thought. But Paul said he stopped them. And he told the man of the boat that was over the boat, he said, I tell you, you got to stay with the boat if everybody's going to be saved. Yes. you got to stay with this boat if you're going to be saved. Well, that changed their tune, their mind, and they all stayed with the boat. Now, that boat went through a storm. <laughs> it was beating the smithereens, as they say. I mean, the waves beat against that thing, and they ended up on an island. And God did, brought a revival right there on the island. Paul just showed the supernatural power of God again. A viper hung on his hand. He just shook it off in the fire. And everybody was amazed. The chief, all the villagers, everybody that was on that island got saved, got born again. A revival hit. I want to tell you something. God's got ways of doing things. Sometimes your storm is going to put you right in the middle of God's will. <laughs> Sometimes we say, what's, what's God's will? What's God's will? Here comes a storm of life, and it just pushes you right into the center of God's will. That's what happened with Paul and those guys. They got in the center of God's will that day, and God did something. But they had that, they had put down four anchors, four anchors to hold that boat. I want to tell you, we're in a stormy time today. And we talked about that first anchor that we have to put overboard. That's the anchor of, of, of hope, that hope, confidence that God's going to do it. Listen, 
And I'm not talking about, I sure hope God hears me pray. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not the kind of hope we're looking for. Hope has that confident expectation that when you pray, God hears you. And when you pray, you expect God to answer. That's the confident hope. And that's what God wants us to get a hold of, is that hope that we can put into the water, into the water of life, and God will sustain us and keep us and propel us and keep us going. But there's a second anchor I want to talk about tonight, and that's called the anchor of faith. See, a lot of times we, I know, and I used to be that way too, you know, but people say, well, Brother Clarence, I'm trying to believe I had people come up to my church, and I'd preach a message, and it wasn't a hard message. It was just a teaching message. By the way, do y'all like teaching of the Word? I mean, I preach teach. Is that okay? But, 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 but you know, they'd, they'd go through these things in their life and, and, and trying to get the faith mustered up. And, and you know, I, I'm trying to believe God. I, I, I think I've got faith, Brother Clinton. No, you don't think. You either do or you don't. You don't think you're saved, you're either saved or you're not saved. Amen? And, and we've got to believe and believe what God's Word says. But it's called the anchor of faith. Now, we, he said the faith is the substance of things. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. Hope is that confident expectation. When you sit around hoping the things you hope for, it's not saying... Boy, I sure hope God hears me pray. I sure hope. No, that's not hope. That's doubt. That's fear. That's unbelief. Amen? I sure hope God hears me. No, no. God hears you. See, confidence, you have that confident expectation God is God and will not fail. That's what hope is. Now, faith is the second anchor, and faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. See, a lot of times, if we don't see something happening, we, it's hard to have faith. It's hard to believe God when you don't feel something. Amen? I don't know if you ever went through a time in your life where you didn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have, you didn't have the feelings and felt like you were saved. You know, I'm talking about the feeling. I don't, I mean, I don't jump around with joy and exuberance all the time, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The things that you've got that confident expectation for. Faith is what's going to guide you on, push you forward in the name of the Lord. And so we need this second anchor called faith if we're going to see it through these times that we're in today. How many knows it's going to take faith? I mean, listen, I don't know how many variants they're going to find, but they're found in a whole lot of variants out there. And by the way, this thing's man-made. It was man-made. And it's a destructive thing. It's a real thing. We're not denying that fact. It is real. It's destructive. It's something that we need to take caution with. It's not something, I'm not going to just burst into a room because I'm God's man of faith and power. No, unless God said go in. If God says do it, you can have nothing to worry about because God will inoculate you. <laughs> God will keep you going. Amen? But you see, faith is the substance of thing hoped for. I want to look at the faith of Peter for just a minute. Because Peter had faith. But yet Peter, now remember Peter, remember Peter? He's the one that's in that garden. Boy, they come after Jesus, and he cut his sword and cut the ear off of that soldier and said, There, take that, come after me, any of you. And Jesus said, Peter, put your sword up. That's not the way we fight. And he, got, he took the ear off the ground and just stuck it on that soldier and just healed it immediately. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to see that soldier's eyes? I think that soldier changed. He know, he knew his ear was cut off, and yet Jesus came and just slapped it right back on. It's like a piece of uh, putty or something. You know, slap it back on. <laughs> 
Well, you know, God created this body. He knows exactly how to do it. But the faith of Peter. Peter, Peter was, he was quite a character. He was one that I call quick at the mouth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, slow on other things. But yet God used him mightily. Because, listen, that's what God does. He takes those Things and those people that don't look like they're going to amount to anything and makes giants out of them. Spiritual giants, that is. Amen? But faith is one of the main acres to keep us during the storm. Faith is. Faith. you got to have faith. It produces the results of the Word in our life. Faith produces the results. Not you shouting as loud as you can. Not you running as fast as you can. Those are things that we'll do. How many understands what I'm saying? But that does not do it. Faith in God is what does it. Now, faith tells you to run. Dear Lord, I'll be right behind you. <laughs> if God speaks to you. Amen. How many understands what? How many knows I'm not against Pentecostalism? I'm not against it. I'm not. I'm for it. I tell you what. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if y'all wanted to get up and just do a little jig while I'm preaching, you know, and say, Woo, that was good preaching, Brother Clarence. Because that'll just ag me on, but don't do that because I'll preach 30 minutes longer, you know. <laughs> but faith. Now, uh, look, at, uh, look at Peter. The evening before Jesus was betrayed and crucified, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Now, notice what Jesus told him. Peter, the devil wants you. He desires you. But I have prayed for you. Amen? I, I, God's, I've had people... In, in churches we pastored, and, and the Lord showed me something, and, and I go up to him. I said, now look, God just showed me this. I said, the devil is out to destroy you. And you need to be aware of the trap that he's laying for you. And it wasn't just a trap of sickness. It was a trap of sin. You know, sin that would get a hold of people and cause them to falter and fall back on the Lord. And they would heed to it. Many of them heeded to it. Some did not heed to it. Some of them ended up stumbling. And because of they, them stumbling, they almost lost their faith, Sister Carter. The, the faith. See, see, sometimes when you, when you falter and you make a mistake or you sin or you fail, then the devil hits you on top of the head and says, well, see there, you're not worthy. You're not, you can't have anything that God said you could have. I'll tell you something. The devil's a liar. I mean, just because your kids make a mistake, sometimes they do some pretty bad mistakes when they're growing up. But I tell you what, I never locked my daughter out of the house. I never locked her out and said, you can't come in. Or when she was little, I didn't say, just go in there and just close the door and don't come out for two days. I didn't do that to her. Why? Because she's a child. But to see, the thing is, we can teach them the principles and let the Lord work. But listen, Peter, the devil... Want you. That he can sift you as wheat. That was the reason. The devil wants to sift us. But he said, I have prayed for you. I tell you what, wouldn't it be great if we could just have Jesus Christ himself come in here in figure, in, in physical form and just say, Sherry, I have prayed for you. That'd be exciting. But you know what? We do have that. He has prayed for us. He has made a way for us. He has made intercession for us. He has intervened for us. And take, thank God because of his intervention, we now have victory over the devil. We have victory over the devil because of his intervention in our life. God has intervened for us. Can you say amen? Now, I prayed for you that your faith Fails not. I want you to see what Jesus is telling him. Much is revealed in this statement because Satan wanted Peter. The devil wants you. We're grown adults filled with God, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
full of power, full of love, but the devil wants you. There's not one person that the devil does. You can just see that in the, on the national front of great big name preachers. The devil wants them because they're reaching. And some of them have succumbed to the temptations that the devil's put there and caused them to falter and to fail. Now, listen, I'm not going to condemn a person because you know why? If they repent, they repented. Somebody says, well, I could never listen to him again until, dear Lord, I know what he did. Well, they may know what you did, too. How many knows your sins aren't secret either? <laughs> In fact, God's got a great old big book. Oh, let's see. Write that down. I saw them gossiping about Brother Clarence. <laughs> you know, but... But then, then you repent, and guess what? The Lord goes back to that book and says, whoom, it's not there. Why? It's blotted out. It's forgiven. It's erased. God doesn't hold against us anymore. Praise God. We're free. But he said, I'm praying because the devil wants you. He wants to sift you, Peter. Now, Peter was a powerful little disciple. Remember, Peter's the one that when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And some of them said, well, some say you're this a prophet, and this one says you're this prophet, and, and you know, so forth. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? Talking to the disciples, who do you say that I am? What's been revealed to you following me all these days? What's been? And Peter said, thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Verjona, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Listen, God's power. And then he, got on, he went on to say about the kingdom of God. Yes. And how that, uh, uh, you know, we got the keys of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We've got those keys of the kingdom of heaven now. And it's ours. But the devil wanted Peter. He wanted to sift him because Peter was going to be a great evangelist. We're going to see that in just a minute. But Jesus did not want Peter's faith to fail. Did you know God don't want you to fail? God don't want us to fail. Every one of us. Now, every one of us are spirit-filled people here tonight. But you know what? God doesn't want you to fail. God wants you to go forward and be, be what God's called you to be. And, and, and I believe the devil wanted Peter to be the one to betray Jesus. I believe that's what the devil wanted. He wanted Peter to be the one to betray. But it ended up Judas was the one. That betrayed him for 30 shekels of silver. But I believe the devil wanted Peter. Why, would, why did he want Peter so much? Did you hear a, lot, a whole lot about Judas? Didn't hear a whole lot about Judas, did you? Now, Judas was doing things. He was a disciple. He was following the Lord. He was laying hands on the sick. Miracles were happening just like it was all the rest of them. But it seemed like Peter got the highlight. It seemed like he got the, the, big, the big story. But the devil wanted him. But you see, what happened is he wanted Peter to be the one to betray Jesus because that would be a great victory for him if he could have done that. But he didn't do it. And look what Jesus said. And the devil, it's probably evident the devil put this in the minds of all the disciples when Jesus said, One of you which eats with me shall betray me, over in Mark 14, verse 18. One of you that eaten with me tonight will betray me. I imagine a lot of them looked around and said, Hmm. I thought he was kind of shifty-eyed. You know, I, I, I thought he was something different about him. He's kind of sneaky about some of the things he's done. But no, Jesus said, I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith fail you not. Peter, why? Because Peter, Peter was quick to recognize the Son of God, quick to recognize the power of God. And Jesus knew that he was going to be a great disciple and doing some things for the Lord. Now, Peter's faith was not his assurance or his confidence or even his belief in one God. The Bible's clear concerning what Peter's faith was. It's revealed when Jesus asked him. See, when Jesus asked him this question, but who do men say that I am? And remember the reply Peter get? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, uh, <laughs> this, was this was clear Right here was the clear clarity of Peter's faith when he said, Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And it was a revelation from God 
from the Lord himself. It was a revelation that God gave Peter that day that he was the one. And uh, Jesus called it. uh, This is what Jesus said. This is the rock upon which we'll build my church. He he said, blessed are you, Simon. (laughs) Flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. And he said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful concerning Peter's faith. Upon this rock. So this was Peter's faith. And if Satan couldn't rob him of his belief who Jesus is... See, Peter didn't just say, well, he's a mighty prophet. He's a good man. Oh, God used him. But, you know, I guess if if this stuff happens and he dies, we'll just go on, find us another person to follow. No, Peter knew he was the son of God. He knew that he was, that's that's the faith that Peter had. This is Christ, the son of the living God. He meant he believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the promises of redemption. He believed that, he he knew that Jesus was the one that was the redeemer. He knew Jesus was the savior. He knew Jesus was the son of the living God. He knew that in his heart. And that's the kind of faith God was looking for in an individual. So Peter had that faith. Listen, I'm talking about getting something that's going to carry us through the storm. If you're going to get the if you're going to get through the storm, you got to know who Jesus is. You got to know him in reality. You got to know that he loves. You got to know that he's got all power over all power of hell. You you got to believe that he did defeat the devil 2000 years ago. He's not going to defeat the devil. He's already defeated the devil. Because Jesus went on to say, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? The church Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That was the the reply that Jesus gave. This was the seed of the woman who would bruise the head. Jesus Christ. The seed of the woman that would bruise the head of the serpent who is Satan. That's in Genesis 3.15. That was the first prophecy that was given towards Jesus coming and being that seed that bruised the devil. In Genesis 3.15. He was Messiah the Prince. Who would make an end of sin and bring in everlasting righteousness over in Daniel 9.24. That's the Christ. That's the Jesus. See, Peter, you know, they didn't have the New Testament like we've got today. They didn't have all of this back then. They had the Old Testament. They had all the scriptures and all the prophecies pointing to Jesus and saying this is the Messiah. And he saw Messiah the Prince. And he saw who he really was. Amen. He was God's servant who would open the blind eyes. Talking about Jesus. To bring out the prisoners from the prison. In Isaiah 42, verse 7. Samuel. Uh, he was Emmanuel, which is God with us. Emmanuel, as over in Matthew 1, 23. This is, the, this is the seed. This is the Son of God. And this is where our faith has to be. we got to have that faith to where we know Jesus in reality. Not just a Bible story. Not just a figment of our imagination. Not just something that just sounds spiritual. Jesus Christ is real. He's the Son of the living God. He, de- he died and rose again. Send it back to heaven. Amen. His blood is still working mightily in this earth today. The blood that He shed. There's power. Wonder-working blood. There's miracle-working power. I want to tell you something. If I can just get something in you concerning getting these anchors in our life, hope, Confident expectation, faith in God. I tell you what, when the end time hits with all of its fury, God's people can stand strong. And I believe we'll see the exploits that they saw in the Bible days. Amen. We'll see the same exploits done. But faith is that second anchor. It's going to hold your ship. Now, do you remember what Jesus said when Jesus was walking? When he was come out on the waves, uh, the, the the water to walk, Jesus told him to come on. Remember what Jesus, what Peter said. The storm was raging, and they had just had some great miracles take place, and and the disciples were in the boat, and the storm had come up, and Jesus came walking out on the water in the middle of the storm, and and Peter made a statement, as he and and he said, if you, you know, if you're that Christ, bid me to walk on the water like you. Now notice what he said, if. If, did you know that two-letter word is the downfall of most believers today? If, 
I prayed for people. And they said, well, what if God doesn't do it? You know what I've started doing? If they say, what if, I just don't pray. They're not ready. They're not ready to receive. Did you know it's not my faith? It's the faith of the person coming. When people came to Jesus, the multitudes came to Jesus, they came believing He was the Messiah, believing He would do it. Jesus didn't heal everybody in the, in the world at that time, but He healed those that came to Him. The multitudes came to Him, and God healed, and God delivered, and set free. But look at what happened. Jesus, after he had all these miracles happen up on the mountain, he told his disciples over in Mark 14, 22 through 31, to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So that's what they did. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. I'm talking about getting some anchors now. How many knows we've got to have the anchor of faith? But the boat was now in the middle, tossed. But now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. The sea was troubled. I mean, the waves were rolling. The wind was blowing. I'm sure there was lightning and thunder around there with that storm. But here he was walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. Hmm. How many knows when you're in the middle of a crisis and a trial and Jesus showed up? You know, Jesus himself personally could show up sometimes. And I believe sometimes the Lord himself does show up. And and we don't even know it because he's not going to just expose himself like that. But you entertained angels unaware. How many knows that that's true? Sometimes we've tr- we, you have literally entertained angels unaware, not knowing that they were angels from God. But I want to tell you something. Jesus, he, they, they saw him and were troubled. And uh, walking on the sea, they said, it's a ghost. I mean, nobody can do that. Yet Jesus had already done all these great things before all this happened that night. And they forgot what God had done. And look at Jesus. He said, be of good cheer. It's I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord. Now look what he said. Now, I want to tell you something. This two-letter word will always get you in trouble. Now, Lord, if. It is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He was walking on the water just like Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said unto him, O you little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? See, he got a revelation of who Jesus was again. <laughs> he is the Messiah. He is the storm, the storm walking, uh, on, on the, the, storm, the water walking Jesus in a storm. He is that. And this is the victory that God's looking for. We, we got to get, we got to come to that place where we got that Anchor, you've you got to know who Jesus is. And the reason I'm talking about Peter, he had a revelation. Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. We've we got to get that revelation in our heart. It's, it's not going to another church that's going to get you the faith. Amen? I, that's a foolish reason to go to another church. To get faith? Oh, come over here, man. God's moving over here. Well, you know what? God will move here if you believe Him here, too. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not against, I, I tell you what, I still go to meetings and things like that, that, that where God's moving and doing that. But that's not, if I've, got a, if I've got a position and a place and a body of Christ, I need to be where God says to be, and let's let God move here. Amen? God will move here, but it's up to us to let Him move here. Hallelujah. Well, that's sermon number three. <laughs> but this is the victory. Look at what First John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. How many is glad you're born of God? Yeah. 
And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes even our faith. If we don't have that anchor of faith, we're not going to make it in this time of trouble. We've got to have the anchor of hope, which is that confident expectation, but we need that anchor of faith, knowing that God is. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And that we, we've got to believe that God's power is available to us 24-7, 365 days a year. And let God be God in every situation in our life and grasp hold of these anchors because, the, listen, the wind's going to start blowing and we're going to have to have something to hang on to. And that's, I tell you what, the only thing you can hang on to is the confidence in God and our faith in the Lord. God is going to do what he said he would do. But let's look at Peter for just a minute. Over in Acts 3, verse 6, 9, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray. See, they went to church. Uh, how many believes church going is important? Uh, listen, church going is important. We need to be attached to a body of believers and become one with that body of believers and let God do some things in our community and in our area. God will do it. God will do it. But look what, what, what he said. Uh, you know, Peter and they come to the lame, gate, the, the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. They're going up to worship the Lord in the temple. And... The Bible said, Peter looked at him in Acts 3, verse 6 and 9, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he's leaping up, stood up and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, that's the kind of faith Peter had. Then they called Peter and John up on some charges. What are you doing? How did you do this? Our priests have never done that. How did you cause a lame man to be healed immediately and walk like that? And Peter said, you think it's by me and what I did? He said, it's, it's not that, it's by my faith in the name of Jesus. That's what, he told the, that's what he told the hierarchy there. It's by my faith in the name of Jesus that this man is what well, It wasn't my great faith. Oh, look at me. Boy, I tell you what, man, I'm God's man of faith and power. No, Peter didn't do that. But it's because he had faith in the God. He had faith in Jesus Christ. Peter had the revelation of who Jesus Christ was. And when he prayed, Jesus Christ came on the scene because he knew who he was and that man was healed. It's by the faith in the name. Faith in the name. It's faith in the name of Jesus. It's faith in what he's done. And we've got to have that faith. And this is what God says. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith. Now, the anchor of faith is going to produce miracles, like I said. And uh, a lot of people were amazed when they, they saw it and they responded that way. But it, listen, it takes the anchors of hope and faith to be the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we have to have hope. Now, that, that hope, again, I want to just refer back to it for just a moment. Hope is more than just saying, I sure hope God heard me. <laughs> I sure, I sure hope God touches me. No, 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 no. Hope is that confident expectation. God will heal. Now listen, I'll tell you what, I, we, we've all been through our weak moments, right? Never forget one time my, my little girl got sick and I told her, I said, look, just stand up and believe God. And you know what? She did. I don't know if she just obedient to me, or she, but she really did believe God. And then I got sicker than a dog. Oh, I know it's hard to believe. God's man of faith and power getting sicker than a dog. But I was so sick I couldn't get out, get off the couch. I couldn't, I couldn't move. Finally, my daughter said, "Well, call, call the the elders, Daddy." 
And I said, okay. So we called them. They came over, and they laid hands on me and prayed for me. And, and uh, I just kept laying there. Does that sound familiar to anybody? You get prayed for and you just keep on acting like you're sick. <laughs> I just kept laying there, Sister Claudine. I just laid there on the couch. It was comfortable. Hey, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I, I'm just going to have to, I, I just got to lay here a little bit. I'm comfortable. <laughs> but look what happened. I, 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 my, my daughter came in there and she said, Daddy, now look, you told me to get up and, and I killed. She said, now, Daddy, you get up right now and you act like you're healed. Well, I tell you what, now, I couldn't deny the fact she was speaking the truth. That's what I told her to do, and she did it. So I got up feebly. She said, now, Daddy, lift your hands. Daddy, praise God. I said, okay, okay, don't be so bossy. She's acting like her daddy. But you know what? It worked. If you're a doer of the word, it'll work. And I was healed. And I didn't, I, I mean, I, like nothing had ever happened, God just did it just like that. But you see, you've got to get Peter's faith in you. You've got to know that Jesus Christ is. He is the giver of life. He is the healer. He is the Son of God. Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art that one. And that way, that promise that God gave Peter is ours. And whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. Hallelujah. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. And God said he would do it. And I believe what God's word says. We've got the keys of the kingdom. Amen. Well, Paul. God instructed him in ways in the ways of God, and, and what happened was he was in the desert for that time. And God was teaching him and revealing himself to him. How many know sometimes you got to get in a desert place? You know what a desert place is? That's where nobody bothers you. That's where nobody interferes. That's where, you know, that... If you're spending that time with the Lord. Now, Paul actually went into a desert, the Arabian desert. That's where Paul got the revelation that we find in the New Testament where he wrote these revelations to the churches about who Christ was and who he is. And he he put all of that in, in the hands of the Lord. And listen, it's ours today that we can receive that revelation and walk in that revelation of who God is. Amen. But Jesus revealed to Paul the revelations uh, truths of who he really was, who Jesus really was. Just like Peter got that revelation, thou art that Christ. Paul got the revelation of what real holiness, sanctification, and new birth really is. He got a hold of that. And I tell you what, him being a, a Jew in the Judaism that he was, he understood what the Old Testament was saying about it, and he was sharing it with others. And that's what he shared when he came out of the desert. And what happened was, it, it was only the beginning of a lifelong process with, with Paul in the desert. That was just a, a little bit. Because during his desert years was just the beginning. But God renewed his mind. See, God renewed his mind and transformed him into the image of Christ. We did a series here, too, when we first came on renewing the mind. We've got to renew our mind. We got to get rid of the old mind and the old thinking. One preacher said, "Get rid of that old stinking thinking, and get the pure thoughts of God, the faith of God, and let God's word come alive." And these, uh, the the things that God gave Paul became it, it steps from a road a roadmap to discipleship. And we we come into this place with the Lord where we can learn and ever learn and keep on learning and walking with the Lord because our faith is in Him. But it's going to take the faith. It's going to take the faith to get us to where we need to be with the Lord. Can you say amen? It's the faith of God. And uh, this is what happened. That This is what God wants us to do. Now, uh, did you know everything Paul knew beforehand? Because remember, he was part of the Sanhedrin. 
He was very well learned in the laws of God. And everything he knew had to be reevaluated in the light of new information. In the light of new information. This is what God, this is what God, he had a, Paul had a history of wanting to please God, so the Holy Spirit no doubt found him a willing pupil. See, the Holy Ghost said, hey, here's a willing person that wants to learn. He wants to know. He wants to expound. He wants to do what God's called. And the apostle spirit had to be shaped according to the Father's will. Hey, your calling is not you saying, I'm going to do this. Your calling is you're handpicked by God for a certain thing. Amen? Not everybody's an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Not everybody's that. But yet there's a place for everybody. Because God has a place in the body of Christ for it all. And the Lord kept working on him. Long after Paul left the desert, God still worked on Paul. And he has to, how many knows God's still working on you? God's still working on you? <laughs> in Ephesians 2, verse 8, for it is by grace. This is Paul writing. Ephesians 2, 8. It is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Here's a man that was in the Sanhedrin court, and I mean, he was Pharisaical all the way around. I mean, knows what a Pharisee is. That's the one that says, as far as I see. You ever been talking to people you know, and you think that they think they know more than you? Well, as far as I see. Well, that's a Pharisee. <laughs> a Pharisee. Amen. But it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's the gift of God. Galatians 2.16 says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith. In Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm using that word faith and emphasizing it. But it's through faith in Jesus Christ. See, we've had law. Listen, when you get saved, there's man laws that are put on people that they cannot keep the laws. Amen? First thing we want to do, start cleaning them up ourselves. Clean up their mouth. Clean up their habits. Clean. Listen. I, I, listen, there's some things that's not pleasing to God. But you know what? If a person comes humbly to God and repents and confesses before the Lord, sometimes it happens just like that. Sometimes there's a gradual process of sanctification and holiness that takes place. But we got to just give them room and give them space and give them place because their faith is what's going to bring them through. Their faith is going to bring them through. Their faith will get them delivered from habits of the flesh. Their faith will get them delivered from these things that's hindered them in their Christian walk or in their walk in, in this earth. And then sometimes it hinders them in their Christian walk even after they get in the church. Because, listen, it's, we can't wave a magic wand over people and say, okay, be, be delivered. Be de-. No, you gotta, you gotta renew yourself in the Word of God. Renew your mind to the will of God. Renew your spirit in the things of God. You, you've got to get in that place where you can have a relationship with the Lord. Pray and let God's peace rule your heart and umpire your heart. Let the joy of the Lord fill you. Amen? Now, it's not justified by works of the law, but by faith. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. And Hebrews eleven six, this is one of my favorite verses that Paul wrote. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. But you've got to believe that he is, and that he do it. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus taught this to us as believers. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. If you have faith. Oh, wait a minute. Whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive. I thank God, Brother Clarence, I've asked God. And I'm re- no, no, wait a minute. You didn't read it all. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. I can't put a magic wand over anybody's head and say, you've got faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Revelation truth comes by the Holy Ghost as you're hearing the Word, and God will reveal that to your heart. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, tonight, every one of us have a different revelation that God gave us in a particular area, and it may not be the same thing. 
That's going to be biblical, but it may not be the exact same revelation, but it's all because of the Word of God. Listen, the Word comes through revelation by God. Revelation by the Spirit. And God's going to do what He said He would do. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Victory's won by faith in the name of Jesus. How many's got the name of Jesus on you? Say Jesus. Jesus. I tell you what, there's power in that name. I tell you what, you, you go into a den, a den of ungodly people and just say, Jesus! You'll probably just empty that place out. Now, you've got to have faith if you do that. <laughs> Amen. Like one, one preacher went into a dive one night and he said, I'm going to whip every devil in here in the name of Jesus. This big old husky guy got up and said, I'm the devil. Come on. <laughs> that little preacher went out that door. You better know who you are in Christ before you ever do anything like that. Amen. You better know what you're doing. <laughs> Whatever you ask in prayer, believe. You'll have it. But victory's won by faith. It's finished. It's finished. That was the greatest cry from the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. It's done. All the power of Satan was destroyed. Y'all hearing that today? Listen, I don't care what the newscaster is saying today. God's power is more powerful than any power of anything that the devil is doing. The blood of Jesus is still more powerful than anything that's out there. But we have to have faith in what he's done. It is finished. See, the devil is just a toothless lion walking around. Toothless bear. A toothless whatever. He ain't got no bite. His dentures wouldn't even stay in. Amen? I tell you what, we, we, we need to get the kind of faith in us that when a mosquito hits you, he'll go flying. There's power in the blood. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that, did you? But it's finished. All the power of the devil was destroyed at the cross. I'm talking about getting some anchors during this time that we're in. Number one, we're going to have confidence in God. Hope. That expectation. And now we got to have the faith. God's faith. The God kind of faith. Not man faith. God faith. In us. That we can do what God said we can do. Faith in that name of Jesus, that's our victory. There's faith in that name. Listen, when you speak the name of Jesus, expect miracles. I like the old Robert slogan, expect a miracle. Amen. Expect a miracle. Expect what God can do. I remember when my daughter was in college and Brother Roberts got into the hospital. He was in the hospital for something. Something hit him physically. And he was in their hospital. They had a hospital there on the campus also. And he was in the hospital. And I mean, he was, people had come in, great men of God, quote, around the world. And the nation came in to pray for him. Nothing was happening. Brother Roberts was in that hospital. And here comes a little janitor in there one day. And he was sweeping and cleaning. And Brother Roberts said, sir, what's your name? He gave his name. And he said, do you know who I am? He said, yes, sir, you're Oral Roberts. He said, well, I want you to get that bottle of oil over there. And I want you to come over here. He said, first of all, do you know Jesus? Oh, yes, sir. I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Lord. Just real meek, you know. And Brother Robert said, get that oil. Bring it over here. And I want you to anoint my head. And I want you to pray the prayer of faith for me. And that man said, oh, Brother Roberts. You're Brother Oral Roberts. You get great miracles. Oh, Robert said, and I need one right now. Now, this is a true story. He said, I get that oil, anoint my head with oil, and you pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because the Bible said, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. And he said, I've called for some of them, but they're afraid to lay hands on me. He said, but I want you, you love God. And you're, you're going to be God's instrument today. 
and you lay hands on me and anoint me with oil, and you rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus. And that little man, feebly, he, he said, okay. And then he prayed, and Brother Robert said, now really pray. And he prayed, no, no, no. Get sincere in your prayer. Don't be afraid. You're God's man right now. <laughs> and that man started boldly praying. Pray for him. And just like that, the power of God went through Brother Oral Roberts. And he got out of bed, and the nurses came in there, and they saw this little man standing there and said, I didn't do it. <laughs> and Brother Roberts said, yes, you did, because you acted in faith, in submission to God, and you did what God said to do, and I am healed. And they dismissed him. He went on home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, even God's men need prayer. But you know what? It's not the man anyway. It's faith in Jesus. Can you say amen? Oh, glory to God. Well, it's, you know, it, it, it's more than just enduring the difficulties and the pains and the things that we go through. Some people, listen, we, we, we endure. How many glad you've endured? How many, how many glad you're enduring? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with enduring. I'd rather be enduring than the, the other way to go. But when you're enduring, you're going to see victory. Victory will be manifested. Because we know the reality of the cross and our faith in Jesus Christ. And I, I tell you what, this is an old song, but it is finished. The war has been won. Our final victory will be death. And coming into eternity, that's the final victory of it all. But you know what takes faith? It takes faith to die. Amen? Listen, there's some people that struggle to live. But when it's time, and they know the Lord, and it's time, they got their faith operating, ready to go. We saw that happen, didn't we? <laughs> faith. Why? Faith. You know where you're headed. How many knows we got a home in heaven? It's real. And it's all because of Jesus Christ and our faith in his name. It's all faith in his name. Faith, we got to have that hope. Faith. We're going to get into the third one. You know that old song? Faith, hope, and charity. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> Doris knows all the songs. Amen. It's faith, our faith in Him. Thank God. I tell you what, you got some anchors tonight. You got two of them anyway. You got hope, and you got faith. We're going to get into a couple others here before it's all over with. Amen. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. Are you glad you're here tonight? Yes. Praise God. Victory's ours. And I want you to know something. God's Word never returns void. His Word never returns void. There's people watching by Facebook Live. I believe that you're touched, you're healed, you're delivered, you're set free, your faith is encouraged tonight, and you're going to be able to rise up in faith and give us a testimony of what God's done, even by watching Facebook Live. We have people all over the nation, all over the world, watching Facebook Live with us. We get, we get reports all the time. We just saw you. you know, oh, appreciate the word. You know, no. Listen, God's word is going forth. We're reaching more people than what we realize. But God's word is going through, forth. And I'll tell you what, I want to get all my anchors together. And I'm going to go and win victories. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand our feet tonight in the Lord. Praise God. You glad you came? Yes. Praise God. I tell you what, I'm thankful for what God's doing, what God is doing, what He's going to do, what He's going to continue to do. And I, I'm not, listen, I don't get discouraged. You know what discouraged means? It means you've been drained of courage and you don't have any courage. But I tell you what, I got courage. Amen. I always told our people I feel like I could charge hell with a thimble full of water. Glory to God. I got courage, faith in God. God's word is truth. Amen. Be here Wednesday night. We're going to.
carry on. Amen. Paula, dismiss us tonight, would you? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. See y'all Wednesday night. Sister Ann, good to see you.